0: All right, welcome back to another episode of the StartWell podcast. My name is Kasim. If you haven't listened to any of our editions before this, I am the um, founder and CEO of StartWell, and today I'm joined in our studio at Main Campus here in downtown Toronto on King Street West with uh, one of our uh, members who hasn't joined us before on the mic, but we've talked a few times in the halls about doing this. So now I'm we're right. doing it. We're doing it. I'm excited for this conversation. Um, so Corey Kaplan, please introduce yourself. Uh, who are you?
1: Well, you've said my name. That's that's great. Uh, as a first start, my name is Corey Kaplan. <laughs> and I am the uh, senior director of international sales for a company called Gusto Worldwide Media.
0: So it's not Gusto. Gusto, Gusto,
1: I think it's Whichever way you prefer to pronounce the word gusto. I like gusto Delicious myself. gusto the Italian Yeah, it sounds so you know, vivacious.
0: Taste. It's an exciting thing, you know? Gusto. But if it's like gusto, it's like yeah, it's kinda of fast.
1: No no no. It's gusto, yeah. Say, yeah the say, gusto. It, say it with say it with some 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 passion some and some gusto. And uh, and power, right? Right. right. Uh so what
0: do you know about Gusto? What do you know about us? What did I tell you about us? Tell me if this sounds correct. Okay, let's see how let's see how how well you do here. My scattered memory seems to uh, have the story as a couple of years ago <laughs> uh, there was uh, a combined production company and television channel here in Canada that was launched called Gusto that produced content akin to Food TV uh food themed reality television mm-hmm. uh and uh and essentially broadcast its own, you know, productions on uh Canadian television. Yeah. And um that's all, all I pretty much know okay. except oh wait, the curveball of course is that most recently, just before you joined us at Startwell, uh the company separated uh the if i'm right the broadcasting <laughs> side of the business was segmented off to bell media and then uh the licensing arm and content production arm is still together and that's what oh. you work for
1: i will i will clarify i just i will is clarify all, all of that no okay. it's not it's not all wrong i'm just trying to see how well of a job i did explaining the company to you but now i will explain it in uh you know much more elaborate detail for your for your listeners so Go for it. Uh, again the company's called gusto worldwide media the company's been around for quite a while so actually a uh no it's been around in 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 uh in uh in different forms for about twenty five years oh wow and uh the company uh founded by and still run by uh c e o and uh, president and founder chris Knight. Um,
0: in which cities? In Ottawa.
1: So the company's okay. based in Ottawa. Right. And uh, I'm, I'm working here remotely for, uh, for, the, for the company. But um, it's been around for a while. And it's always been in the uh, TV production content and sales business um, here in Canada. Um, has produced a lot of different kinds of programming uh, for various networks uh, in Canada, the US, and around the world. Uh, including, uh, unscripted series, scripted series, movies of the week, what have you. Um, we have always been really good at food and cooking, television content and production and licensing. Okay. Uh, that is, you know, our, uh, the food puns are going to run wild in this podcast. (laughs) That is our bread and butter. At oh, one point, at, at one point, the it. company was the uh, primary supplier of of content to uh, to Food Network here in Canada. Very interesting. And okay. uh, in 2013, uh, the company uh, was uh, renamed Gusto Worldwide Media. What was and, it called before? Sir? Uh Well, and it, before that, uh, it was called Night Enterprises. Now it's uh, called okay. Gusto Worldwide Media and uh in december of uh of 2013 uh uh gusto tv was launched mm. in canada okay so in like a couple of
0: years is four or five years four years yeah so five
1: years. so effectively we were uh the company was a scrappy uh upstart that launched its own tv channel mm-hmm. very impressive uh in the sort of scope of uh canadian television uh, production yes. and, 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 and Broadcasting had to jump, the company had to jump through a number of uh, regulatory hurdles to to get that done with the CRTC, what have you. But the company was awarded a CRTC license. And if you want to ask me questions about that, I, I can sort of get into that a bit later. Yeah, sure. Uh, but um, we were quickly, the, co- the, the channel was quickly established and known as a very sophisticated alternative to what we normally uh, consider to be sort of the food or cooking channels that we all know and uh, and love, um, and also an internationally uh, minded channel as well. So sophisticated, international, high quality. Uh, the company also started producing uh, programs in native four K. Uh, you know, wow. thinking ahead to the future of of broadcasting and to you know. Producing content in the highest quality uh, possible, and so the channel operated in Canada Mm -hmm. um, for a number of years and uh, was success was you know year over year uh, became more and more successful uh, until 2016 when uh, Canada's largest media company Bell Media uh, became our company's partner. Okay, and Bell. Uh, effectively uh, bought the channel from our company, Gusto Worldline Media. They licensed our brand and uh, the channel called Gusto here in Canada. Gusto, Gusto, Gusto here in Canada uh, is currently operated by Bell. Okay. And uh, but as all po-
0: of its content is your content. So uh,
1: uh, as part of the arrangement okay. with Bell, as they are our long-term partners now. We produce up to five. Sorry, pardon me. 100 around 100, averaging around 100 hours every year of long form and short form content for uh, the Gusto channel uh, and Gusto Worldwide Media. Our company uh, owns this content 100 percent. The international rights we own 100 uh, percent to uh, to license around the world. So. Uh, Because we've been producing content for so long, our catalog has around 500 hours of Mm -hmm. content Mm -hmm. that uh, we uh, exploit the rights to around the world. Um, And uh, so every show that we produce, again, is in 4K out of our uh, offices in Ottawa. And it's all under one roof. Uh, uh, You know, we're a company that moves very efficiently, very nimbly, and, um, you know, isn't afraid to, you know, sort of shoot for the stars when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, being and thinking ahead uh, uh, of, uh, in terms of how we can be successful in the modern uh, uh, production and distribution worlds of of, uh, of content right now.
0: Culturally, um, within the organization. What was the feeling? I know you might have joined after that. Yeah, I've television. been at the company for about two months now. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so from what you've learned, yeah. I mean, how did people feel at, uh, you know, Glisto Worldwide Media when, um, I guess, when the partnership or uh, details changed, like when when the channel, when the broadcasting side of the business was kind of, you know, uh, handed over to Bell. Uh, was that? Uh, do you know? I mean, was that? Uh,
1: well, I mean, what I'll say again, you know. This partnership with Bell is, was, was and still is groundbreaking yeah. in terms of an independent Canadian content producer forming a long term partnership with the biggest media company in Canada. Mm-hmm. So that speaks to the power of the brand, uh, the quality of the content yeah. that the company uh, creates and um the you know future of uh the company's growth and uh you know speaking of the future of the company, you know that's kind of where I come in in terms of uh international uh sales mm-hmm. uh you know my job is to leverage our rights uh uh in a myriad of ways around the world and generate revenue obviously from that right. uh Spanning from content sales, so the licensing of the rights of our completed programs to international broadcasters and platforms and other licensees around the world, to uh, uh, channel sales. Uh, one of the more exciting aspects of Gusto is that uh, because we have this experience as a channel owner and operator, uh, uh, you know we know how to craft a uh, a fully, you know, uh, rounded and ready to go, uh, linear channel and OTT nonlinear platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just launched uh, in August, Gusto TV in Singapore on a uh, on the uh, uh, StarHub okay, yeah, uh, platform. Things. Yeah, uh, we made a completely bespoke uh, uh, channel an OTT platform for them, and uh, we are launching in the US uh, with a number of uh, uh, digital TV providers, uh, OTT over the top, which is a term I might have to
0: yeah, I was <laughs> define for people. I was um, uh,
1: so, uh, another of a number of digital live TV platforms, so not sort of they're apart from, you know, the the Bell Rogers Comcasts of the world. Yep. Um uh on a number of platforms uh called Zumo and, and Pluto and um you know, with many more uh to come. So, you know, the channel sales component is one that we're really focused on. We really wanna grow this brand and, and take it around the world because we know how powerful it is. We've seen how powerful it can be for audiences in Canada. And from our experience selling this content around the world, we know that you know, our content uh, uh, you know, really strikes a universal chord with people, mainly because uh, you know, uh, you, there's a physiological response when you watch food and cooking content.
0: Well, I was right. going to ask about this. So your catalog <laughs> is, is how many hours?
1: So we have uh, roughly 500 hours
0: of- uh, but That's a 25-year catalog, right? Or like the history of the company, all the productions are in that catalog. Yeah, yeah. So, so how much? Not twenty-five
1: years, I would say. um, You know, roughly from the two thousands to today.
0: Okay. So, how much of that catalog is food related? Uh,
1: The vast majority of the of the catalog is food and cooking content related.
0: It's very interesting. Um, The company is called now Gusto Worldwide Media. Yeah. Um, You sell internationally. Um, Is the content that is mainly produced in Canada produced specifically for global audiences? Or is it Canada first, and now you're selling it internationally?
1: Uh, The content is created uh, for uh, an uh, international-minded audience. So we are crafting this. Uh, content, you know, obviously to work for our partners uh, at Bell for their channel and their strategy at the channel, but obviously that's, you know, their strategy is very in line with, with ours as well.
0: Well, I think personally, um, I mean, I'm just loading the question or yeah. the answer, but like I think content produced for Canadians, us being this diverse, you know, population yeah. is by nature in a way a little bit extensible in a foreign territories. People can relate to it because, like, it's created for diverse populations to watch and and react to. As long as it's, right. you know English. Well, language
1: Canadian data. content producers uh, create some of you know the most successful content uh, that's seen Television around the content. world. I came from the kids TV world before I uh, joined uh, Gusto. Okay. And um, you know, some literally the biggest properties in the world in the kids Is TV Patrol sector. Canada? Paw Patrol is Canadian. Paw Patrol, see, that's like the number one thing. Yeah, pup everybody. Pup yeah, Paw Patrol. Wow. You know the Spin Master property. Right. Right. They're you know that's Canadian, right? It's made for Nickelodeon, and uh, you know Nickelodeon you know took it and made it soar. And and you look at that brand now, right? And uh, you know you you everyone knows Paw Patrol. Anyone who was a kid <laughs> knows Honestly, Paw Patrol. Anyone
0: who's met anyone's and kid. yeah, it's you know all they care about. We
1: want we want everyone who's a who's a Food fan, foodie, and eater—whatever you want to call yourself—to mm-hmm. know the name of Gusto. That's uh, Augusto, Gusto. However you want to pronounce <laughs> See, it. And anyone, 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 <laughs> anyone, anyone—you know, eh, you know, every, 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 every—you know, anyone around the world, however they want to pronounce so it.
0: Tell me about uh, for you when you're at home. You're you're in the office a lot, so I don't know when you're at home. <laughs> you're working those international yeah. calls till late in the night.
1: Yeah, you know, gotta gotta go hard. gotta, yeah. do, gotta do what you gotta do.
0: So, um, what do you watch?
1: Comes along with the territory. What do I watch? Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: I mean, let's start with the stuff that you sell. Of, of what you sell, what do you personally enjoy watching?
1: Oh, man. Uh, of, what, of the stuff that I sell. Yeah. I, I took to this uh, opportunity to join Gusto uh, because I am a self-proclaimed eater. And consumer and, and and vivacious and passionate consumer of food uh, and culinary related content. Okay. You know, I I subscribed to Bon Appetit and Eater, and um, you know, loved watching the Food Network. I watched a lot of Is the Savasura? programs that that my company produced yeah. produces. Uh, uh, you know, one program in particular. You know, as a kid, I. I, you know, I, I, I would watch endlessly called "License to Grill" with Rob Rainford. That used to air on, uh, air. I think it still airs actually. Okay. Oh, it airs on Gusto now. Okay. But it was it was made for Food Network Canada. Okay. Um, and um, I've always just been, you know, so into the entertainment value of the culinary of, arts of food content and the the sort of the passion and a bit of like the nerdiness. And the sort of sensational value, yeah, you know, not sensational, but like big, loud, flashy. But I mean, like, multi-sensory experience. The multi-sensory experience, and you know, and again, that's where our content shines. You know, at Gusto, it's 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 like I was about to describe the sort of physiological response you get to you know watching something cooking in butter, right? Right? You know, like uh, to see sort of uh, um, you just thinking of like a melty grilled cheese sandwich. Sure. You know what I mean? Just like thinking of that and the sort of like response you get in your head when you start to picture, you know, something sort of ooey-gooey and, you know, delicious. multi-textural and, yeah. and, and, and and delicious. So, you know, you think of that sort of uh, physical response we have to uh, that kind of content or just, you know, food in general. It, we all eat. We all need to eat, right? And, you know, combine that with uh, you know, entertainment and, you know, you have a very powerful uh, uh, product. So, I, you know, I love that. I love this stuff. I always loved it. And I knew that I could really put myself into this role. And, and you know, part of, uh, you know, content sales, this is television, so there's, you know, you got to, my, my, my sort of philosophy about being in this business is, you know, you got to love it. You got to, yeah. you got to really have the minerals to, you know, to go for it, to to you know, if you want to be successful in TV, specifically
0: TV sales, though you're saying,
1: yeah, I think that you know to be to be uh, uh, effective <laughs> TV rights salesperson, you know, channel salesperson, or to get co-productions, or to get you know uh, uh, commissions or what have you, which are all part of my remit uh, uh, and responsibilities off the ground, mm-hmm. you know you have to have that sort of inherent knowledge of why the content is as great as it is and right. and why you personally love to consume it.
0: So, let's
1: another food fun.
0: <laughs> Let me push the answer to that question in ter- and then we can we can take a step back for a second, but like yeah. the so is there are there specific shows other than license to grill, other than that, what else? Well I,
1: I, I love so many of our shows. Um that Do you we watch the Snoop
0: Dogg show? Is it Snoop Dogg oh. and, and, and Martha? I haven't Stewart? seen the Snoop Dogg and Martha's. That was like show. the yeah, I, yeah. that's the only one that I, I had seen, you know, ad ads for in the right. subway and so on. And right. I think I watched part of Very it. Very successful show for
1: sure. Yeah, people love Mar- this show. you know, you know, the they're they're the big names in the in the food world that, you know, everybody knows for sure. You know, Jamie Oliver and Ramsey and the big formats that everyone knows and loves that yeah. are sold into every territory and MasterChef and uh, MasterChef Junior and yeah. and um, uh, you know Top Chef or you know whichever are those all your guys's content? No, 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 no. So you know those are all formats that are sold by uh, uh, different companies. I believe MasterChef was sold by a company called Endemol okay. out of the UK. Uh, but you know that's the business that we're in too. You know and we're directly competing with the big guys and uh you so know. like
0: on the sales side yeah. you know what have you been he- seeing if it's i don't know if it's a territory based answer but mm-hmm. um would you see the appetite for okay so you're right pictures of, of delicious things are awesome mm-hmm. and people innately connect to them mm-hmm. whether they're hungry or not you know whether they can afford uh the steak you know or or just the the beans and, um, and I think that universality is, is definitely what's been driving the success of this kind of content in the last decade. Right. Um, what's really interesting for me is to see the wealth of different types of narrative on this topic. So we, now, the fact that you know, there is, at least in Canada, you know, at least one second channel, which is you know, the Gusto channel was the second food channel, I think, in, in, correct me if I'm wrong, it is more uh, on the TV set in Canada. Yeah, effectively
1: you have Food Network Canada right. and and you have Gusto right now. And I think and that the cooking that's... channel, Food Network and Cooking Channel are uh are licensed by uh they license the the brand from Discovery. It used to be Scripps, but oh. Discovery Discovery bought Scripps uh in a in a huge deal last year. Um so now Discovery owns the uh uh Food Network and and Cooking Channel brand. So yeah, in Canada you have Food Network Canada, you have Cooking, you have a cooking channel, and you have you have Gusto, owned by Bell. It's super interesting to me because, and uh, you know, yeah,
0: um, the the fact that there's two channels, there'll probably be more coming down the pipe as the content base increases, right? And people are looking at like the stuff's not necessarily all temporal based, so you could kind of have shows that are relevant for 20 years on television. Um, yeah,
1: the thing with this content is that it actually does last. Right, it really lasts. It gets re-licensed. Right, it gets repurposed. Uh, you know, it has a really long shelf life. So there are different fads in the in the sort of food genre that, right, that sort of like common competition go
0: competition stuff. Yeah, you've yeah. got you know
1: competition baking. Um, you know anything that, <laughs> that has to do with kids. Uh, kids baking is, is, is That's big, a big thing. Uh, you know, really healthy content is, is, uh, uh, and healthy eating is, uh, is something that, uh, we're, we're asked for what nowadays. food and
0: tourism? W- you know, this whole, like, uh, we have to bring right. up Anthony Bourdain. Right. Travel, travel, and obviously travel
1: food. and food is a perennial, uh, uh, genre that. Do you um, guys
0: have titles that, uh, are of that? Kind of genre this idea of like going around the world exploring things our our
1: our it's all we are here. we are we are in discussions with you know a number of companies uh uh you know on the sort of co-production side to okay. make more of those kinds of programs cool. for sure cool. um and um you know our our programs actually uh you know span world cuisine uh you know uh like i can just Read off of like a long laundry list of the, of the different cultural cu- cuisines that are covered by Gusto's content. Yeah. you know you have uh, you know Lebanese, you have uh, uh, Venezuelan, Cantonese, Japanese, Vietnamese. Uh, you know you have like you know Southern barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know it, it, I can keep going. Like it just yeah, sp- yeah, it like- just it just span- it spans the world because. Uh, you know, that's, that's our, we know, we know the, we're, we're very inti- we're intimately familiar with our audience and our audience is mainly female, uh, around like 68% female. Wow. And uh, we know that, uh, uh, you know, we're under, we're sort of under 35. Okay. Uh, 35 and under uh, oh. is the audience. Uh, definitely, you know, sort of a bit of an older millennial age, but still connecting with that core millennial group that uh that broadcasters are uh, are going are going after right and you hear you know i speak to a lot of different broadcasters and you know they're all rebranding refreshing you know to get to this very worldly uh uh urban mm-hmm. uh audience that it's very
0: interesting cuz yeah. like you know that
1: consumes this content that wants it
0: right and well, it's very interesting because, like you know, you you mentioned you throw out OTT five hundred times there. Right. And, okay. So
1: um, let me just let me just back up on OTT. I'm used to saying that five hundred times a day. Yeah. Uh, over the top. OTT means over the top and over the top platform. Uh, like it's so the, good. The sort of it's the, over the, the top. king. The king of the over the top <laughs> platforms is Netflix.
0: Wait. Over the top. Just explain it. A bit further, so over the people right. Right. Yeah.
1: Of course. Of course. Over the top means any uh, platform that uh, exists. Uh, on its own, that doesn't uh, belong to sort of a larger uh, like cable, uh, platform, television, cable satellite. television satellite yeah. uh, system. So uh, Netflix is an OTT because you can get it on its own, the, right? Okay. So over the top of Bell, over the top of. But you know where it came from. Chorus.
0: As far as I understand, yeah. Um, from my little jaunt of three, four years in the television business, film business, actually. Yeah. Um, and the OTT world running GetFilmy, which was like a on-demand startup for, it's kind of like Netflix for Bollywood mm-hmm. that I ran in two thousand right, two thousand ten maybe till two thousand fourteen something like that. But um, as far as I remember, it came from set-top boxes. So the first boxes uh, for on-demand content, the concept was put it on your television. Right. Yeah. That right? that is set-top. where it started.
1: Yeah. The set-top the set-top boxes is still sort of you know king and you know you have a number of effectively ott set top boxes you have yeah. boxes like roku nowadays right right where you know I'm you can Roku is still around oh i mean you know they they they've got tons of content they've the got the interface you know, has been but so
0: poor for so long <laughs> it's terrible and for the app development ecosystem it's a nightmare we all of these stuff.
1: companies are getting are getting better at this and all of these companies including roku are upping their game yeah. and and as more ott players uh, emerge, and many of them are emerging because this is the way that uh, consumption of content is going, because mm-hmm. it's about the multi-platform experience. And at Gusto, we've crafted our content so that when we license a show to someone, uh, the broadcaster gets to uh, leverage the show on every single platform oh, to engage multi- with, to, to engage with their uh, audiences on every platform possible. So we've created, you know, thousands of short form videos that go along with our, uh, uh, sh- over a thousand short form videos that go along with our shows. Um, and, you know, everything's in a sort of turnkey marketing and distribution package. So, you know, when you license a show from us, you get everything that your viewers would want to engage with the program. And because that's what they want, right? We know that, you know, when it goes to break, when it goes to commercial break, you know the the digital platforms spike, uh, especially with with cooking shows because they they're trying to look up you know oh what's this what's that how do I get this where do I get that how do I make this how do I make that uh, let me see the recipe that because I'm curious now because I really I've always wanted to make that and you know the host made this in a really interesting way, and I want to be able to you know make this for dinner for my family so. Um, you know, and again, the the audience is is folks that have fam. You know, uh, it could be single people, obviously, because you know young millennials love to cook, but also families as well. Young sure. young young parents who 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 uh, you know want to make uh, some. You know, kind of a bold meal for for their kids, or yeah, or uh, you know, even something even something basic. You know, even even teach them some knife skills. Even you know, uh, uh, you know, run the gamut of of of, uh, of you know different sort of tricks and, and, and recipes that that they can learn and utilize. It's all about engaging with audiences on the platforms that they use the most.
0: It's very interesting because this is um, the packaging of content from a content production standpoint and licensing. Uh, that this approach is actually quite cutting edge. Not many production houses, at least from right. my three year ago kind of last update on this topic of film and TV um, experientially, but like not many people sell not just the rights to a particular asset, a film or a TV series, but like tons of this supplementary pre prepared stuff. Right. It's, it's what
1: gives our content. More value. Yeah, right? totally,
0: man. And back in the old world, people would say, firstly, you said you cross media or cross platform license, right? So it's, I can get it for, let's say, I'm, I'm in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd license your stuff for television, for my OTT platform that's Kenya focused, for my satellite thing right. for the rural communities all at once, right? Right. Yeah, that's huge. So that's massive. Then the, the production of that stuff, because historically, channels, and people have always like spliced up content that they've licensed, and then been in a weird gray area legally with the person they licensed from, because the person that licensed it was like, well, you cut out the best part of this scene. And then you splice it with something that doesn't even make sense. Right. I
1: mean, that gets into the sort of nitty gritty of of contracting and licensing and sort of content usage and and all that stuff. And but if you
0: pre prepare it, then you're you're definitely kind of setting yourself up. Right. That's what I was going to say.
1: Is is you know you sort of you come at it with with uh, the you know idea of uh, when when you make content with with the. Strategy of like, I'm gonna make something that is gonna, you know, work for exactly what my clients need, right? Mm -hmm. You know, thinking of it that way instead of just like, I'm just gonna make this show and then make some extra stuff. Yeah, it's not all making extra stuff, it's about the package itself, right? right? It's about expanding that narrative, right? right? And this is where content producers need to go, right? You don't just make uh, you know The Walking Dead, right? You know you don't just make um, Big Brother, right? You you make an experience for people, mm-hmm. right? How do like everyone is on their phones all the time? Everyone wants to be able to catch up on their shows on their laptops, on their on their tablets, on planes, on trains, on the streetcar. They want it wherever they want, whenever they want. And they want specific kinds of content whenever they want, right? They want to be able to watch long form. People do binge long form content um, on their tablets, right? People even watch long form content on their phones when they're in transit, right? right? So you know, but the different types of content have different means and and sort of goals and ends, right? You watch a tasty video on uh, on Facebook because. It's just there and easy, right? What, you mean a ta- what is a tasty like video? a BuzzFeed tasty video? I mean, we make these, we make this content too, just sort of like a quick, one minute hit of of how to make something, right? Like you know, we make this, those videos for the exact same reason because you know we uh, uh, know that you know people are looking at different kinds of content for. For different sort of we should purpose some of
0: those on our screens in in internally here. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah, just put them <laughs> interstitial with the like, what's happening in the East Wing event space, and then right oh, here's how to make a little you know. A little you see, it's
1: like you're already trying to, You're already trying to buy content from me. I love
0: it. Oh, I didn't say I'm <laughs> buying it. I just said I could put it on. All the right, screen. all right. Deal
1: deals to be discussed. In terms to be discussed. Kasim, I love it.
0: Oh man. Um. Okay. So let's take a step back now and sure. talk about you as a person. Oh, and how you okay. got into this business yeah like, sure it's great to talk about selling content and the the merits of um, food related television yeah but uh, I'm really intrigued to to know how does someone uh, combine their love of content mm-hmm. and uh, and salesmanship and get into the world of TV
1: right so I mean really it begins with me being a nerd okay really like i I am a I've always been a voracious consumer of uh, of TV and, and movies, you know, like, movies starting from when I was, like, probably three or four years old, and, like, I used to, like, I used to read the Toronto Star and read all the reviews when I was, like, as soon as I could read, I would read movie reviews, mm-hmm. and I would even, like, read the movie reviews out to my family, and um, I would watch, like, hours and hours and hours of cartoons and 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 movies and and as a kid and and I just became obsessed with with media um and uh for years uh I thought that like oh I'm gonna go into film i'm gonna be some sort of like writer or director or someday i don't know I have this like yeah. creative uh, uh streak in me you know i've I've been playing music for uh like over like um, thirty two so like Twenty years now. Okay. Playing, I've been playing drums and percussion for over like twenty years now.
0: So, and you have a band right now?
1: Yeah, I play. I play. I play, I play in a group. Yeah, I do. If I people play, are listening, that way they want I play, play. I play in a police cover band. Awesome. I think I may have told you that. Yeah, right now that's the current gig, and I have another little group with my friends, a uh, bit of like a sort of jammy sort of band. But you know, I've I've, I've always played music. I've always had this like creative uh, uh, inkling in, yeah. in my body. I, I need to make stuff. You know. Uh you and I were talking about like you asked me if I make beats or whatever. I right. I love I actually just got into that, you know, just sitting on my computer and banging around with samples and you know, I have a huge vinyl collection and I'm a I I I I'm a big vinyl digger and I'm always searching for like really rare interesting music to sample. Where do
0: you shop here in Toronto for vinyl?
1: Uh in Toronto for vinyl? Yeah. There like, um, you go. Uh rotate this is right, is, is, is an classic. awesome awesome yeah. spot. Uh, Cosmos East and West, Killer Killer selection.
0: Those are the ones on Queen Street, right? Yeah, yeah, West, rare, uh, rare, East and West, West of stuff?
1: East and West of Bathurst. It's like uh there's some rare stuff but you know, it's a lot of really groovy uh genres, and, you know, we're talking about hip hop, talking about funk, soul, jazz, R&B um and you know, international stuff from all around the world, mm-hmm. from you know, like Brazil, uh Japan, um you know, everywhere. Um and uh, where else would I recommend to go? Uh Cops is always great in Toronto. Is I got to stay away from those places because I just like I just like I money. just you know it, it's a horrible addiction, but it's an addiction I love, oh, and it's an addiction love it. that's very satisfying. But so yeah, music and and movie and, and movies and TV were have just always been like a really important part of my life, and you know there you know therein lies the sort of nerddom. Mm-hmm. You know, you sort of get into something and you and you really. Uh, uh feel passionate about it and about the details of it i think that 's where you become a nerd is where right. it, is when you obsess more about the details yeah. than the sort of like uh you know s- surface sensational uh pleasures of something right <laughs> so uh so that's you how know you got into the business side of it you know yeah. jumped jumped to university and and I thought I wanted to go into journalism because you know as well as being a you know a uh, voracious media consumer, uh, you know, I loved politics and I loved the news and I loved history and, um, you know, I felt like I needed to do something, I don't know, you know, you get to that age, late high school, early university and, you know, you get to be, uh, you know, you start to tell yourself, like, I want to do something good with my life, I want to repair the world. I don't know, you know, in, in, in I'm Jewish, so in Judaism, you know, I call it tikkun olam, you know, uh, uh, you know, heal the world, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but uh, I was freaked out uh, uh, by the folks that gave me a tour of Ryerson's journalism program. Okay. Um, they instilled fear into me uh, that, you know, that I would get into the program and then fail everything immediately. Within the uh, program, like you know, like like everything, everything is like redlined, and 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 you know the assignments that you get are 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 like you know only for you know the most hardened of uh, of uh, you know sort of uh, uh, individuals that you know like like to be a journalist is to like is to you know go hard all the time for the story, right? right. right? To grind all the time to you know. To That's work the happens, phones like yeah. no other, you know. It's actually interesting. Interestingly, being a journalist and a reporter is a little bit like being a salesperson. Sure. Yeah. But um, you know, that same day after I was like, you know, uh, 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 I filled my cup with with fear yeah. of uh, you know not being able to handle being a journalism student. Uh, a number of my friends were. Uh, touring for the uh, radio and television arts program
0: okay and, At Ryerson.
1: and they you know they were telling me about you know all the different uh, avenues of media that they could get into how you know it was a really specialized yet specific program if you wanted to get into radio if you want to get into tv if you want to become a director a writer a producer uh, if you want to get into technical, the technical side of things, if you want to get into the business side of things, like if you want to get into media, this is it. Mm-hmm. And so you know that was a much more compelling uh, uh, proposition for me, sure. yeah. And so I got into the RTA program and um, so I studied effectively broadcasting in school. And out of school, I did a bit of production work. I actually started my life in the uh, TV biz doing unscripted production work. So like I worked for a company uh, called uh, High Fidelity HD TV, which, which became, uh, which got bought by uh, a company called uh, Blue Ant. That, oh, right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you've probably heard of Blue Ant. Yeah. Um, and Ant, I, yeah. I, did a, I did a number of like onset production work uh, jobs for them. I was a production assistant for them. Uh, and then became a researcher for them. So I was, like, researching different uh, 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 segments to shoot, um, you know, um, doing all the sort of creative uh, uh, sourcing and research for Mm -hmm. them, Mm -hmm. um, and then sort of, you know, going out there and executing those segments with the crew. And, you know, that was really the sort of start to, um, uh, you know, my you know, mindset when it comes to sales, you know, when it comes to like finding someone. How do I find someone? How do I get them in with me? Mm -hmm. Right. And then I took another job working for a company called Summerhill where uh, I ended up um, pitching uh, a two-liner to one of my bosses that ended up becoming uh, a two-hour special for the History Channel US. Wow. And uh, I wrote this little synopsis uh, for a show called... Um, like a special called The Psychedelic History of the Bible. Okay. Um, I just read the story about Moses being on Mount Sinai uh, that this professor wrote and his theory was that Moses was really high. So that got me thinking wait, like if Moses was high on Mount Sinai everyone must have been high in the Bible. Okay. So I wrote up this two-liner and it got pitched to History US, <laughs> and they said, like, I'd love, the executive who my boss was pitching it to said, like, I'd love this. I love this, but I want to do the history of man and drugs. Let's, wow. I want to make this big. Yeah. So it became, we brought in some US producers, and it became a two-hour special called The Stoned Ages. That's awesome. And so I became uh, a story producer on that, and uh, you know, ended up uh, sourcing and pre-interviewing, um, and doing a ton of research on all of the topics and guests.
0: That's kind of journalistic, in right? The,
1: uh, yeah, yeah it, well, it followed in my sort of like yeah. the unscripted sort of world of, right. of sort of like not news, but, you know, uh, like documentary-esque entertainment, con- uh, entertaining content, yeah. right? That's what it all was. It was all, you know, entertainment, but with a sort of, you know, informational uh, uh, edge or, hmm. or or, you know, background to it, you know, learning about the world. Right. You know, Discovery Channel is all about, you know, learning about the world, so... Uh, from that, I actually got into media media uh, so i got into um, uh, uh, stock footage licensing
0: Wow,
1: right and that was like that became my main role was to license all of the stock footage for this documentary okay and that gave me my my sort of chops in the sort of contracting and licensing world yeah, yeah. and from there, I did a job at at t v o doing visual research, and then from that. I parlayed into uh, the distribution world. I had experience doing tech servicing, so I got a job at this company called Portfolio, doing tech servicing. What is and, tech servicing? Uh, just like delivering content uh, after deals are done, after licenses are made to broadcasters around the world. Okay. And um, you know, I stepped into a role that was open at Portfolio and started doing content sales because I had a, uh, a knowledge of licensing, mm-hmm. and I had the chops. Uh, to, you know, uh, get in with people and to pitch them on an idea or a product or a show. Mm -hmm. So I was at Portfolio for five and a half years and that leads me to Gusto. Man.
0: And um, I think it's an interesting time to be like doing what you're doing because there's all this like... I don't know. I shouldn't load it. You should just tell me. What do you think the nature of... How is the nature of sales in television evolving as content itself well, it, is becoming something the nature
1: over. of sales in, in in television um you know is evolving to the point where you know it has to be a three sixty degree approach to the way you license content, so you know you're never just thinking about you know the first deal you do in a specific territory right right it's not a you know and we think of things in a sort of territory by territory. Uh, Context in terms of sales, right? You know, what deals am I doing in Philippines? What deals am I doing in Taiwan? What deals am I I doing in Brazil? What deal, right? So, and in that you have now a much more expanded uh, scope of rights that you can license. So it used to just be pay TV, free TV, and then starting in like the early two thousands. You know VOD. it used right. to just be VOD, yeah, right but now video on demand video on demand yeah yeah, sorry video on demand. I'm so used to these terms yeah uh, the, like and, and, you boxes. know the, and the, you know there's nonlinear, which yeah. is the video on demand when you can access programming anytime you want, just whenever you want to watch them you watch it, and linear uh, programming, which is you know you watch a TV channel. it's programmed for you, you just turn it on and it's there. Uh, but the rights and the nonlinear side of things have like exploded. You know, you have subscriber-based all the business. You know, there's so many business models now, uh, and with the advent of these OTT platforms, you know that adds another category to the nonlinear uh, 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 world. So you have subscription-based platforms, you have advertiser-supported platforms, you have transactional-supported platforms like like iTunes, uh, where you know you buy something for 99 cents. Uh, but also in the OTT world, you know you have uh, uh, linear TV. You have all those other business models as well. So, you know, you have to be thinking of things uh, uh, on this sort of much wider scale, right? If I'm doing this one deal with someone, right, what rights do they need from me, Mm -hmm. right? Is this going to block a certain deal down the road? Mm -hmm. With me, you know, looking at gusto from a channel sales uh, point of view, you know, I ask myself, You know, is that going to preclude any of our sort of bigger plans that we have to launch a channel, to launch an an OTT platform? So you have to be very strategic, especially in my role, with, um, you know, what and how and why and how much we're making (laughs) off of uh, 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 a deal.
0: Well, that's the other thing, because I think when you own the content and you appreciate
1: Right, that's another thing about yeah, ownership of the content is is, is very Huge. important these days. It's extremely important. Yeah, you know, we have distributors out there that are you know running and gunning and and just scrounging. You know, there are, there are companies that are just distributors, content distributors, mm-hmm. and they license the rights to distribute the content. They make an acquisition deal with a the producer. And they say, let me produce, let me sell this content for you. And you know, with the amount of media consolidation that's happening these days. Uh, you know the big the big guys in Canada and the US and around the other world are all owning their own content. In Canada, we had a you know amazing sweetheart you know uh, uh, you know business uh, uh, for a long time in terms of television, wherein uh, 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 production companies could finance a show uh, through broadcaster license fees, through uh, uh, funding from the government and also uh, 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 tax credits. So we, you know, and still in Canada, we have a very robust tax credit system. Mm-hmm. You know, you could fund up to 35% of your show, you know, just by refundable tax credits. Right. But now that uh, these companies are own- want to own the content themselves, they'll just produce it themselves. They'll just fund it themselves. Right. Leaving independent producers without a way to monetize on the back end. Right. Gusto owns all of its own content. Right. We make it, ourselves for ourselves for Bell obviously you know it's all in but tandem with Bell uh, and um, you know and then you know we can exploit it in any which way you know, we want to you know via does content also sales mean, or and ancillaries what have you
0: but does this also mean that you have a lot of flexibility in your role to um, do deals that would have traditionally let's say 10 years ago not been done because of pricing like for example I own a boutique hotel chain. We've got 5 hotels mm-hmm. and we want uh, custom content on our TVs. We don't right. want channels. Sure. We want content that we think is on brand. Yeah. You sure. can do th- that's kind of a deal.
1: If I wanted to do a deal with Hilton where they would like sponsor uh you know a gusto made show yeah. for example. Yeah, not sure. Let's Hilton, talk. Let's let Super
0: sub brand. I'm saying like like 5 hotels, not 500 th- or 1000. Yeah, whatever.
1: Sure. Okay. You know, uh, it, you know the sky's the limit we have our augusto has its own production studio and everything is under one roof in, in ottawa right uh, uh, you've got the you know corporate offices production offices mm-hmm. uh you know we've got our own test kitchen and we've got a huge studio where we make all of our shows uh, as well as post-production uh, master control and broadcast playout So it's all under one roof. Hmm. We don't need to outsource to anyone because we can do it ourselves, which makes us very nimble and uh, very flexible in terms of the kinds of deals that we can do. So it's not just we don't just need to do a deal with, uh, uh, you know, the uh, broadcaster, the free TV broadcaster in uh, you know Bulgaria. You know, you can do a deal, sure, with a hotel chain in Bulgaria as well.
0: Right. Very cool. It's exciting times. Oh. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it's exciting if you're if you're if you're nimble and smart, and um, you know, understand that at the end of the day, you know, in this day and age, people are consuming content ravenously, right? The demand the demand for content is is higher than it's ever been, right? Because we have content at our fingertips. So, you know, content producers. And even distributors as well have to sort of have to approach this game from a uh, from this sort of expanded uh, approach to generating revenue.:
0: mm-hmm. uh, Any particular recommendations for people that are independent content producers that are looking to sell? you know you see a lot of people kind of making mm-hmm. things yeah. these days. Uh, and maybe they're not tele- you know, television grade four K, but right. uh, but they have a following. People that like create content on YouTube, and I don't just mean like selfie videos. Yeah, but I mean those YouTube above.
1: producers, you know, they call it the YouTube money, right? Because they make it themselves. Yeah, it's theirs. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's theirs. Own it. Own what you own. What you do, is 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 you know a huge piece of it. I mean, the Netflixes and Amazons and whatevers of the world. Will pay you a lot of money, you know, to sort of have your content for an, a, lo- a a long time, and that's a good business model uh, for a lot of companies, because you know the fangs of the world are all getting into uh, fangs? What's a f uh, a a n g, you what know, uh, Facebook, Apple. Amazon, Netflix, oh, Google. There you go. I should know that. Apparently, you should know that. <laughs> uh, the, so the literally the biggest, you know, they're the, it's called Fang because like they're the biggest companies in the world. Yeah. They're all in the content game. Clearly, Netflix is in the content game. Right. That is their that is their game.
0: So a recommendation you have for uh, independent content owners who are trying to license or try and make extra money off of their content, aside from direct to stream or whatever, mm-hmm. would be license your content and use what you have to leverage. The want from the marketplace for rights. So sell it for a right. long period of time because what the hell are you going to do in five years with that same content? You might as well give it to someone who wants to lock it up if they're willing to pay for it. If
1: they're willing to pay for it, uh, exactly. You know, um, but that's you know that's one way of looking at it, which are is like indie,
0: like. Are there indie content producers in the food world that you're seeing uh, not compete for market share as you are going around calling people? Uh, or is that not even a? Is it a whole separate world? People producing their own content without a. I mean, it's without. about
1: the, the It's about the brand in yeah. in this world, right? When you think of the food content world, we think of brands. We think of Food Network. We think of Eater. Uh, we think of Bon Appetit. Uh, uh, you think of Tasty and Buzzfeed. And you know, people people are going to think of Gusto and are thinking of Gusto uh, uh, already. And you know, that's our company's plan is to is to you know uh, grow this brand into making it a uh, uh, you know internationally uh, renowned and, and recognized uh, uh, brand a go to brand. It's exciting. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a lot of fun, um, and you know we have a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, uh, it's a definitely an amazing. Uh, opportunity and, and 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 an opportunity to tackle a, a challenge like this, especially with the kinds of uh, uh, resources that the company has built for itself. Mm-hmm. That Chris has 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 really sort of spearheaded and and built for his company uh, over many many years. And you know, Chris is the is the, the, the sort of brain of of our operations. Um, and you know, his passion really, uh, uh you know. Goes and 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 is uh, inject into everyone that works f- for for the company. So you know we're we're setting a super high bar for ourselves, and we're su- we're setting super high objectives for ourselves. It's interesting here at StartWell. Yeah. Um, you know uh, there are so many companies that are 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 like you know doing their best to to think in this way, to to move and to to do business in in the, exactly this kind of with this. Exact kind of philosophy, which right. is like, like we got to go big. We got to set this huge standard for ourselves. We got to be nimble. You know, we can't we can't sort of let ourselves be pushed around by market forces. You know, we're gonna break the mold, right? And that's the philosophy of 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 this company that I work for, Augusta Worldwide Media. You know, to to break the mold, to make something bigger and better, and 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 to see, you know. Past whatever the sort of naysayers or the, um, you know, sort of traditionalists in, 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 in you know, whatever, whichever industry you're in, industry, in, in the yeah. TV industry, you know, will will be saying to you.
0: No, I'm, I'm glad you made that point. And I think it's a lovely end note is to talk about or to mention this idea that, like, you know, we get into, um, in the startup, the tech startup world, we're often kind of, Talking about only tech startups, you know, uh, yeah. whatever media gets created or whatever conversations on campus. Mm-hmm. But the point of the matter is, and, and, and I like looking at this, the fact that you know, you're drawn to the space because you're seeing this cultural fit of really just innovative thinking about whatever problems people are solving, mm-hmm. with them approaching them um, with, gusto, with gusto. Oh, wow. Huh?
1: We got to end there. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Is yeah a... approach it yeah exactly approaching approaching life and approaching business with with gusto, gusto. There you go. yeah there you go gusto <laughs> you gotta have the gusto to uh uh you know to succeed and and, and to make it in in this world where there's so many you know like there's so many players there's so, so many players. people that are that can make content, there's so many people that can do you know everything Great that software
0: like software, do software write people...
1: code blockchain technology there 's so much blockchain
0: in this in this office, yeah, I mean the thing is, <laughs> there really is these days, but the thing is, yeah, I mean with the pervasiveness of you know communication technology with the internet and uh, massive you know bandwidth all over the the world now mm-hmm. and four g getting rolled out and five g getting rolled out right um it will only increase I think people's capacity to uh, create and relate to global markets, and that means more competition, but it also means um for the true innovators, is the way I right. look at it—the mm-hmm. people who are actually going to uh, create value that is unique and do it in a way that's expressive to market—right. Um, there's a huge opportunity as well. You know, the market is expanding whilst it's also becoming more competitive. Kind of thing. So that's too. what I mean. That's what you
1: want out of any business that you're mm-hmm. in, right? I think
0: so. You want a little challenge, and you yeah. also want an opportunity.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like you know, the, the opportunity I think and challenge go hand in hand. Right and um certainly you know i think it's indicative uh of you know the content world especially yeah. because you know everyone talks about you know what what's netflix going to do next you know and you know you want your brand you want people talking like that about your brand you know what's gusto going to do next i love watching these shows you know what's next uh, you know i'm going to call my uh, uh uh you know i'm going to call the people at the channel and be like i love this show give me more right and you know, it's like, how do you create content that, that makes people say, you know, give me more? And that's that's you know, that's that's the model. Yeah, I think uh, you know, certainly in the content biz, you gotta you gotta strive for.
0: Well, I look forward to having you back again. Maybe we'll get some different types of content producers and people from back in your um, previous experiences, different levels of, of content production. Uh, together to talk a, a larger narrative about you know multimedia what's happening with media in general Sure, that'd be a cool conversation but uh, for today that was a brilliant chat I'm glad that you joined me in the studio and I hope uh, our listeners will enjoy it as much as I have uh, and are there any other closing notes that you'd like to let our listeners know about ways to reach you or things that uh, your company are looking for, or are you hiring or anything else? If
1: you're in Canada and you're listening to this, watch Gusto uh, we've got some brilliant shows, uh, some of which that are, uh, you know, we've got a, an amazing show that is uh, going to be airing soon called DNA Dinners, which is mm. which fuses food and genealogy. Uh, wow. You know, you think you you think you know how to cook uh, Grandma's tomato sauce, Grandma's lasagna, you don't because, you know, we have folks that come in and they do a genealogy test and uh, they find out that you know there's a completely uh, uh, alien culture that has always been in their bloodstream for ages and they learn how to cook the uh, the meal of the, the food and the cuisine of, of that culture that sounds awesome. and then they present it to their family so there's a lot of emotion wow. and tears and hugs and and delicious recipes so that's wow. coming out soon stay tuned for that and uh, you know we're doing a lot of uh, uh, additional episodes of, of our shows uh, uh, you know Bonaccini's Italy season 2 is coming up and uh, with Michael Bonaccini uh, this is pretty much the most sophisticated luscious Italian food program uh, cooking program you've you 've ever seen in your life
0: you 've sold that high and more shows
1: and yeah. more and more shows featuring uh, uh, spencer Watts who 's uh, once of one of our uh, you know most uh, uh, charming. Uh, and uh, and engaging hosts, and uh, we have a baking show called flower Power as well. We have we have many lots shows, coming out, yeah. lots coming out, um, and uh, you can check out. Uh, you know, for if anyone is listening to this and they want to do business with us, go to our website at uh, www.gusto worldwide media dot com and get in touch with us. Um, and yeah, lots coming through the pipeline awesome. uh, from. From Gusto, we're we we're, we're going big. We're going around the world. So, Wicked. yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This was fun, man. It's been a pleasure.